fantasy and some flights. Exploring the realms of beer, board games, books, and bourbon. Welcome to another Fireside episode from the Fantasy and Some Flights podcast. I'm Nelson. I'm Dalton. And we are finally back with some Fireside to talk about some stuff. And yeah, right. I'm excited about it. So yeah. it's, it's been a while since we've done one of these. And so we've got, we, we talked a little bit beforehand. So we made sure to limit the topics so that we're not talking for six hours. I mean, we probably will talk for six hours, but only a couple of those will be recorded. So yeah. you're going to have a hell of a time editing. Yeah. No, it's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you're right. The, you know, we're, this happens every year, right? The holidays are a challenging time. Um, it's hard for us to get together and record sometimes. And um, so we're we're able to get one in here. We'll probably get like, I think maybe one more out before the end of the year, I think is what we're kind of targeting. Yeah, that's 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 the that's the goal. That's the and goal. we will see if we can execute on the goal. <laughs> We've exactly. got urine. We got urine numbers to hit, man. I mean, <laughs> this, <laughs> the shareholders are not going to be happy if we don't push these out. That's so. right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. What are people going to listen to, you know, when they're trying to avoid their in-laws, if not for us? They'll just start over. The I, I mean, like, you oh, can always do that. You can go. Episode one is still available. You can go back and re-listen to all of them. So that's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I do it. I do it every every once in a while. Yeah, I just love to, to hear them. myself talk. <laughs> that's the real reason we do this is just narcissism. <laughs> I mean, just I wouldn't say the real myself. reason. I would just say a very large reason. Yeah, a very large reason. <laughs> All right, now that we've really established ourselves as, you know, standout individuals um, yeah. to our listeners, let's talk about how we're drinking in the middle of the day. Okay, yeah. And so that's the great thing about, you know, the weekend is that whether it's two o'clock or five o'clock, you can you can be drinking whiskey. And Exactly. <laughs> and nobody knows except for my, you know, neighbor who can see through my window and silently judge. Go home, Jan. <laughs> Come on, Jan. We talked about this. <laughs> just so there's not water just... in your bottle. Just <laughs> <laughs> exactly okay yeah so let's talk about it i don't have too much to say it's a whiskey that i've already had before i'm, I'm gonna start go for I, it I, I decided that as i was starting to talk about nice. it so here we go let's dive right in so i am finally finishing one of the whiskeys that we had n- a number of episodes ago i was trying to think i was like there's no way i'm gonna remember that so <laughs> i i'm <laughs> the, i'm not the that te- smart just leave I, it yeah <laughs> the 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 Texas 100 proof rye. Do you, do we remember this? Uh, we had it at your place. The like um the, the really dark one or whatever. No no no. This is the it was the one that I think was mislabeled at the liquor store where it was you know rated as like the best rye whiskey ever right. and then it was like black and tasted like tar. Yeah um, yeah, yeah. So I'm finally it. finishing that. Uh, I think wow. I, I think that's been like a year. It's been it's we, been a while. We were definitely in person. Like we were at my house. Yep. No, so, I, I I dusted it off. The yeah. So <laughs> it might have been like this last winter, like it might have been January or February of 2021. Maybe. Yeah, I remember it was cold. So yeah, it was definitely cold. <laughs> so it's been a while, but yeah, I'm I'm finishing it. I'm gonna update my cheers to a one because I'm not drinking this if anyone ever gives it to me. So one cheers <laughs> for the Texas Rye, boo, and boo. we're almost done with it. And I cannot be happier it's like a christmas gift um <laughs> i feel like it's a weird like so we've talked about how like canadian rye or like canadian whiskeys are, are very rye heavy um and it's right. because rye grows in the north right so like why is someone from texas even making a rye? You know? <laughs> like, what, what business they, do they have they messed up they messed up and maybe it grows <laughs> there too i don't know like maybe it's just a super hardy grain that'll grow anywhere but I don't know, stick maybe. with your weeded whiskeys or something texas I don't yeah know. stay out of yeah, rye, exactly. rye game 
Uh, There's probably a really good rise from Texas, right? Like it's probably people who every single rye from Texas is awful. (laughs) You heard it here first. Never drink a rye from Texas. It's my hill. Never get involved in a land war in Asia. Never drink a rye from Texas. (laughs) Yep. Yep. This is off of one data point, and I'm pretty sure that's all I need. So (laughs) you have a very trustworthy opinion. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's very, you know, science driven. You use the word data point, so I assume that you know what you're talking about. It's called extrapolation. Look it up. (laughs) (laughs) Look it up, dweebs. Yeah. Nerd. Um but anyways, now that we've alienated all of our Texas listeners, um, <laughs> what are you? What are you drinking, Dalton? They're they're drinking their PBR or something. They're fine. You know? <laughs> no, they're Lone Star. They're Lone Star. That's right. The National Beer <laughs> of Texas. I forgot. Hmm. And we <laughs> were saying that we're narcissists. Um, <laughs> oh jeez. This this is what happens when we don't record for like ever. We just yeah. don't. Like, we have so much to talk about, but then we never talk about it just because we're making dumb jokes. Yeah, right. Just, <laughs> all of our sass is just pent up. It's just, like, coming out in excessive sarcasm. Exactly, yeah. To the listener. So I hope this is what you came for because, you know, it's what you're getting today. But anyways, I'm drinking Ammunition Straight Rye Whiskey. I love that name. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty cool name. It has I, an I American eagle on it. Um, I love everything about this. It's got it's four stars that it gives itself. I don't know. There's five, just four stars ten. above the eagle, so, you know. That oh, that's like cool. a general. I'm, yeah, I like a four-star general. <laughs> right. I think they really know their crowd. Like, because you, you can see it. Like, it has this sort of like it almost looks like a burlap type of like yeah, you know, yeah, like label old going school. Yeah. It's a, it, it feels very like Revolutionary War. I think it's like, like very like prohibition looking rye. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, it's actually from California, surprisingly. Um, okay, that would that would have been the 49th state. I would have guessed. So. <laughs> <laughs> was like Hawaii last? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hawaii was last. So yeah. rye doesn't grow in the hot. So that that's, that's right. why. <laughs> Do you see like total segue? It's a fireside episode, so we can get off. Do you see that they're like under like a blizzard warning? Hawaii is like we have not had snow in Colorado, and Hawaii is under a blizzard warning right now. Cool. No, it's fine. Global warming's not real. It's fine. Um, <laughs> um, but ammunition rye whiskey, that is real. Um, so it's straight rye whiskey, small batch. Um, it's finished in Pinot barrels, Pinot Noir barrels. So it has kind of this like really nice, I'm really enjoying it. It's it's in my natural, like I stick around the 30 to $40 price point, And this is like, yeah. I think this was like 37 And it's hard to get a good rye in that price point. And I think this yeah. one's really very nice. Like I would probably label it at a three cheers. I, it's not like blowing me away, but like I'd be happy to buy it again. Um, nice it has the only like kind of weird thing about it is it has like almost like a like a black licorice type of like flavor in like the aftertaste interesting i, I don't okay. know if that's coming from like the wine barrels and like that's what i'm tasting yeah I'm, I'm not quite sure where that's coming from but it has like some like it has like some fruity notes that you expect it has like obviously like heavy rye notes um it has like some nuttiness it's just like all all around it's very i had this with my um thanksgiving meal actually this is my thanksgiving oh, cool. meal okay. whiskey nice um because i figured if it had a finish in wine barrels than it was fancy enough to drink at a Thanksgiving yeah. <laughs> dinner. Yeah. So. That is the bar. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And my soon to be mother in law, she um she really likes bourbon and rye as well. And so that's something that we kinda like share. We're like kind of the two in the family on that side of the family that like whiskeys. Um so I kinda got got it for her to try as well. So we both really enjoyed it. Um I would I would happily pick it up again, like I said, forty five percent i almost said 45 proof it's 90 proof 45 percent <laughs> oh geez also, like, that's I why love it tastes how... so good right it's like 45 proof so dalton's like holding it up to and i see the back and the barcode is an american flag and so I don't oh my god that, you're right <laughs> i don't know if that if that describes it any more than what we already have described but yeah. i mean it says on the side the taste of freedom 
I just oh, noticed man. that too. Taste of freedom, distilled, aged, and finished with hard work and American ingenuity. Wow. Okay. Cool. They're really like they're going after a very specific <laughs> market. I can't believe oh, they made man. the barcoded flag. That's hilarious. <laughs> Produced in small batches with zero B. Okay, I'm I'm done. I'm done reading the yeah. bottle. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I've heard enough. But <laughs> okay, so I, I I just need to say real quick because I would hate I was I do believe in global warming. I hope that they came across the sarcasm, but now I'm like worried that it wouldn't. And so, yeah, I, I need to cr- make that correction because I'm like, I would have not slept tonight. I was like, what if someone didn't believe me? I, whatever. Right. Okay. So right. now, now the, that we've gotten the, that, the out trouble of the way, word is believe, right? Yeah. <laughs> believe gives an imitation of choice as if That's you right. can believe that water exists, right? <laughs> it's not that you believe whether or not water exists. Water does exist. <laughs> and you can either be in denial about that and be right, crazy yeah. or you, you cannot, you know? Yeah. Yes. We Anyways. actually had a conversation about how we need to be careful not to turn this into a political episode because we were both just for whatever reason feeling very political today. Yeah. So that's our little spurt. We've got it out of our system. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, because we, we, we know that while everyone's traveling for the holidays, they mm. really love talking politics with their family. And so yeah, we thought that does. we would also bring that to the board game uh, podcast world <laughs> that's right. because that's that's what we're missing is... Uh, political commentary in board games. <laughs> we're really we're a family podcast, right? The three ways to bring your family together are board games, liquor, and politics. Yes, and that's <laughs> and and those are instead yeah. So it, now instead of beer, board games, books, and bourbon, we're doing uh, liquor, board games, books, and politics. There we go. That? There we yeah. go. Although global warming isn't politics, it's science. But either way, we're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> no, we it's not a we political a, issue. We did a damn good job of making it political. So. <laughs> Okay, God. Okay, we need to stop. We need to um, stop or, yeah, we'll lose people <laughs> by the minute. Yeah. So I got a question to start us off. I um, The time that this is releasing, you, I don't believe you'll be in Indiana, right? I will not. You'll be in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. At PAX. I, I, at PAX. PAX Unplugged. So, yes. PAX. I'll tell them Unplugged. Oh, yes. <laughs> PAX. I'll plugged (laughs) (laughs) yep so i am going to my second board game convention of the year in philadelphia just here in a couple of days which is pax unplugged so i've never been to pax unplugged i hear it's fantastic it's a little bit less retailery that's a okay yeah, we'll 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 say that that's a word. Uh, yeah. Then then Gen Con is kind of what I've heard, and so it, it's that's a little good. bit more geared around playing games. And I mean, I've told it, you that like one thing I struggle with Gen Con is like, do I want to spend money to go spend money? Like, do I want you know what I mean? Do I want to buy a ticket yeah. to get into a mall? Like it, right? Yeah. It's not quite like that. Like, there's a lot more to Gen Con than just buying things, but it it can feel that way. And so it's <laughs> nice to hear that they're like not that right. They're they're leading right. away from that. Yeah, and I am flying, and so I cannot really buy anything, or else I just won't have it. Because I can't take it anywhere, so that that's also another constraint. But anyways, yeah. So I'm gonna be there. I'm really excited. I'm gonna meet up with a lot of people that are going. So just real quick, I know that Sheer Boredom, Roberto, he's gonna be there. Professor Meg is gonna be there. Board Game Critic will be there. And so there's there's a there's a lot of like the Board Vengers crew that will be there, which is gonna be pretty exciting. We're getting like really cool shirts for (laughs) um, like the Board Vengers. So kind of spoiler alert there. Be on the lookout because there, there's some big things coming. But we've got, we kind of have a Board Vengers logo for each one of these participants of Board Vengers. And so, like, our our standard logo is the two beer mugs clinking, right? Everyone's mm-hmm. probably seen that. If not, then turn on your phone and look at it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the Board Vengers one is actually, it's a, it's a whiskey glass. And then the rock 
or it's like a whiskey rocket and it's the D20. Mm-hmm. We're getting shirts where like that will be on the front and then everybody else's uh, stylized Port Avengers logo will be on the back. That's super cool. And so I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. So yeah. it's going to be cool to see them. Uh, we'll, I get to go to meet up with Chris, the charity board gamer. So he does a lot of cool stuff. I'm going to be at his meetup. And then uh, Paradise Games. So Jonathan McKenzie will be there. I'm excited to see where how their game is progressing. So yeah. I think they're going to hit uh, Kickstarter here in a couple months. I think February is the last I heard. And so excited to see what changes they've made and everything. Yeah. But I'm I'm super excited. I, I I like I. It has not dawned on me that I'm flying out in like four days. Yeah. Or five days. And I I don't know why. I think it's just kind of one of these. It's like, oh yeah, that that's going to happen. So. But yep. that's months months away, and it just just hasn't really hit me yet. So yeah, December's always kind of that way, right? Where it's like December <laughs> yeah, doesn't right? feel real until like it's here, right? But it is cool. Like I think a lot of times when you've gone to Gen Con as your other major convention, it's been like for the experience, and this time you're going like for the experience, yes. But you also have a, a lot of people specifically that you're meeting up with. It'll be fun. I, I'm really excited. We're we're gonna hang out and yeah. play some games. Yeah. Are there any like specifically that you're looking forward to trying? Uh, I don't necessarily know if there's anything specifically that I'm looking forward to trying. I don't think that there's anything that like comes out really at PAX that I know of. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I probably will be taking is um, because it's a smaller game, but I did pick up the crew deep sea mission. And so it's the mm-hmm. new version of the crew. And so it's, you know, it's the same size box as the crew. I'm showing you like our listeners can see it. But yeah, I mean, it's a uh, slightly larger than uh, maybe two playing cards mm-hmm. uh, decks. And so that's super portable game. And it's it's really good to, you know, sit around the table and play. But I've I've been enjoying the new crew. It's it's impressive how different they made it feel without changing really any of the mechanics. And so if you're not familiar with the crew, it's a cooperative trick-taking game where you progress through multiple different missions where each mission kind of changes what the objective is. So maybe the captain has to win three tricks with these specific cards and then it gets harder the next mission or something like that. Right. And it's super novel, super interesting. And the crew mission Deep Sea changes it a little bit. Instead of having like the task cards being the pink seven and then you have to win the pink seven the test cards actually have on the back printed on the back a challenge rating and so based on the number of players this is a difficulty of two three and three or it's a difficulty of five it's a really hard task okay each task you flip up cards so say like you need a difficulty of seven so you will flip up cards until you get a difficulty equal exactly equal to seven so that could be seven ones that could be a three and a four mm-hmm. you, they just have to add up to seven and then you'll draft very similarly to how the the og game does it and mm-hmm. you'll say i can do that task and then the tasks are way different they're you know it's like i won't win any pinks or i'll, I'll, I'll win more blues than i will green and so okay they're they're a lot more complex and it's you know it's it's more interesting my my kind of drawback that i would say to it is that the crew was a great closer game like it it was really Mm. easy to play that for three hours and you know just kind of have fun with it this one is a lot more strategic and it's definitely not a three whiskey game right like it (laughs) you you have to be on top of it and so i think it loses a little bit of its magic at that point but it's definitely very interesting i've enjoyed playing it it's just not it doesn't fill the same hole as the original crew in my opinion yeah but. That makes sense. That makes sense. And it, and maybe that's not a bad thing. You know, like maybe that's not what they were trying to do. 
Um, right. Yeah. You know, because for the most part, if I'm breaking out the crew, I'm like generally introducing it to somebody. Um, like occasionally we, like you and I, we have played a lot of the crew. We really like it. We'll break it out at the end of the night. Um, but like, it's sort of like four times out of five or whatever. I'm, I'm playing it with like new people. And so that's fine. Um, so maybe that like one out of five where I am playing with it with someone who's experienced with it. then like, you know, deep sea kind of like slides into that slot nicely or something. The other good thing about that is that I think that there is probably space for both of them in a collection. Yeah. Right. You definitely don't need both of them. And unless your collection is, you know, pretty big, I I don't think that you need both of them. But I don't feel bad having both of them in my collection because I feel like they fit a different niche. So there is that, which is which is nice. So that is nice. Yeah, for sure. I think you'll definitely have the right crew there to play it with. Right. Yeah. Pun slightly intended. You know, just like (laughs) these people who have played a lot of like the original, the crew. And, right. um, and who are pretty heavy gamers, they'll probably be the type of people who would get something out of that, you know, enjoy that experience. Yep. I'll throw it in the backpack. If it never comes out, then I'm not going to be super upset just because, I mean, there's going to be a lot of games there. And yeah. I know uh, there are a lot of people driving. And okay. so they're actually going to be able to bring some of the heavier stuff. Yeah. And so if I get a choice, I'm going to pick that. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited. I, I'm really excited to finally meet some of these people in person. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So we, we've covered, I guess, two out of the four pillars already. So we've done <laughs> uh, bourbon, aka whiskey, and board games. I think we're going to skip the beer, unless you want to run and go grab a beer right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but let's, uh, let's, let's hop over into books which i think we have a lot of content for so let's uh let's what have you been reading what what's been going on in your mind yeah yeah i think just briefly i think i've already mentioned this but just briefly i read rhythm of war before bed yeah Um, and so i think it's been about a month since we've talked about this and so i'm like maybe a third of the way through the book you know (laughs) it just takes (laughs) so long to read it's a big Um, book it's a big book it's absolutely brutal I am, I actually, when I first started, I was really struggling with it. Really? Just like struggling with like interest in it. And I think it was just because it had been, I didn't reread beforehand. Like I listened yeah, to sure. some like summaries um, of Oathbringer uh, beforehand. And and I do feel like sometimes we've talked about this. Oathbringer is kind of a bridging book, it feels like yep. in, in some ways. And yep. and so the summaries I was having trouble like getting into and I was like picking up Rhythm of War and I just, I didn't have the characters and there was like, there's so many names in this book. You know, there's so many <laughs> named characters. Yep. And so they weren't always in the summary, you know, and, and in like Taft, I think like wasn't, it? he just never came up. Right. And I was like, Taft, like who's Taft? You know, so then I have to go look him up. I'm like, oh, right. Duh, Taft. I remember this guy now. Yeah. But like it, there was like a lot of that going on. And so like now that I've like gotten more into it and I'm remembering the characters and they're more established, like I'm, I'm feeling it again. Um, but for a while there, it was, it was, <laughs> I was still reading I, it at the same rate, but I was just like, I wasn't maybe necessarily yeah. enjoying it as much. I, I think that it's also hard to make the transition from audio to book or vice versa. Mm. Right. Like yeah. with, like I just did this with Wheel of Time, which I think will probably be a discussion topic today. But mm-hmm. like, I just switched over to Audible, and like I switched back and forth. But like, they sound different. Their pronoun- pronunciations are different, and yeah. I think that's at least for me, that's just always kind of been a hard transition. Mm-hmm. If I've like set out with audiobooks, it's it's easier for me to finish and maintain my um, interest with audiobooks rather than flipping over to maybe like uh, physically reading. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know why I didn't want to listen to this one. I think it just felt like there were so many books that I wanted to listen to actively and yeah. fewer books that I wanted to like physically read that I didn't want to take up like 60 hours of audiobook listening with Rhythm of War, whatever it is. I don't right. actually know if it's 60, but I feel like it's, it's probably not that, far yeah. off. But it, yeah, you're pretty 
close. And so I think I just like, I, I and also um, I, my soon to be brother-in-law who like lives in the same town, like he had a physical copy. And so it was like, oh, okay, I'll just borrow that. And this is kind of natural. Nice. Yeah. yeah. But you're right. The transition is, 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 is a little odd. And when you like read something, you're like, do I know that name? Like, <laughs> and I <I'd> pronounce <laughs> right, yeah. it differently in my, you know, or he pronounces right. it differently. Yeah. So, so how far are you into it now? I'd say about, about a third. Um, I a think third? I'm on, okay. yeah, I think I'm on like somewhere in like f- page 300, like mid 300s. And I think okay. there's like 1100 pages or so. Okay, cool. Um, nice. Roughly, roughly a third, but nice. It, it's starting to kick off too. That's the other thing is like when it yeah. started. So between the two, um, there's a time skip and obviously you don't have to know the story for this to be relevant, but just know that there's a time skip, um, because there's like kind of a, a prolonged, um, like war basically going on. And so he like, he, he like skips ahead. Um, and so a part of that too, part of the confusion for me was like, have I heard this before? Or is he introducing something new that he's explaining out of the time skip? Right. And so it's yeah. like, do I need to look this up or is this actually new information <laughs> to me as, right. a, as a reader? Right. And so, and it kind of just felt like picking up in a new point in the story, like everything that had previously been addressed kind of like closed out. And so there wasn't like a continuation feeling. It was like a, Hey, we're dealing with totally new issues and topics and here's some new characters. Do I know that character? Or is this a new, ca-? you know, like just stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I think I think I'm, the more I get into it, I'm struggling too with like, do I actually recommend this series to someone, or do I just tell them to wait for book five? Because like, Sanderson is consistent; like he he consistently puts out puts out these books every like three to four years. It's not that long to just wait for book five. Like at this point, since four of them are out, would I recommend that they just wait and read the whole series um, versus kind of having to do the break that we did, right? Of like stopping at Oathbringer. And then having to wait like a couple years and forgetting everything and trying to get it back up again. Cause it's <laughs> right. so complicated, you know, it's such an, an intricate series. Yeah. Yep. That, that, yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting point. Yeah. I, I could see that. Like if you definitely have other stuff to be reading, I could, I could see the, the appeal of waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say that they're awesome books and that it's not the worst <laughs> thing in the world to read them twice. So, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cause I, I have read them twice now. Yeah listen to them twice so yeah. i took up 120 hours worth of rhythm of audiobook listening with the rhythm of war that's like oh you listen books. to rhythm twice i think i'm gonna have I to think. go <laughs> yeah i have to go back and look at my goodreads i think i did okay but maybe not may, uh probably no oathbringer. You, no you yeah read I, oathbringer twice, I definitely I read oathbringer twice i read the first i actually don't think i listened to rhythm twice so i i listened to all of them right before rhythm came out and then i listened through rhythm i yeah. have not listened yeah okay yeah yeah yeah, that, so, make, that makes sense. It, it's fine. You're just lying to the listeners, but you know. That's yeah, fine. yeah. And this is the first time I've ever done that. So it, it feels weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is new. I'm not sure I like it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, now that I've gotten one out, it might as well do some more. Right. You so. broke the dam. So it's easy now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, the bigger thing that I wanted to talk about um, is Wheel of Time. We made a commitment on a recent episode. I think it was like one or two episodes ago where we were just feeling commitments, right? We were like, yeah, yeah. we're going to do all these like crazy things. Um, one I don't of them remember was we're going to actually said. read Eye of the World, the first um, Wheel of Time book, and try not to get too hooked and force ourselves into reading all the rest of them. <laughs> but <laughs> we, I have, I'm, I'm mostly done. I think I'm on chapter 52 of 53 or something like okay. that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm listening again, so I, I don't always track the chapter that I'm on. But I'm in that, like, realm. It's definitely at, like, the climax. Like, I, you know, like, stuff's come together. So far, I, I understand the hype. Like, I totally understand why people love it. 
it's fun to it's fun to read and just see how this book has influenced other fantasy. Yes. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Because um, I think I looked it up and it came around. I, th- I believe Eye of the World came out in 1990. It's like in that realm. Like it might have been 89 or something. But if I had um, to guess, I would have said 90. So that yeah. probably means that it's correct. I know it's we older. Both, than we're us. thinking that. Yeah. 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 Um, and so it's like right, sort of at the cusp of modern fantasy. Um, so there, there were like fantasy was being written beforehand. It's not like this is it was totally novel. Um, but you can first of all feel that like the main influence is Tolkien for sure. Like there's a lot of Tolkien influence. Um, and, but then you can see that there are like some things that were like kind of baby concepts, um, that Game of Thrones picked up that, that the inheritance cycle picked up, although he picked up a bunch of stuff from everybody. So it's not (laughs) like that was totally novel, but like definitely stuff that he picked up. Um, I remember reading it and being like, oh, this is where Urgles came from. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay, cool. That was like the one thing that I was like, I don't know where Urgles came from. They're like kind of a cool twist on orcs. Nope, turns out they're actually... They're they're just not. They're from from Wheel of Time. Yep. Um, I see the biggest parallels between the Inheritance Cycle, Aragon specifically, and the Eye of the World. I mm -hmm. think that, like, I... I kind of thought that the overarching story, or at least at least the rising action and the prologue of Aragon, felt fairly new to me. But mm-hmm. now reading Eye of the World, it almost feels identical. Yeah, like it's almost one like, for one. Like the kickoff, why people are going on the quest, everything feels very very similar, which mm-hmm. is a little bit of a disappointment. But also like the Aragon or the Inheritance Cycle is fairly unoriginal. It, yeah. I mean, it's good. Like, I enjoy it. I'm not, that's, I don't know if that's a harsh criticism of it, right. but th- that was like the one thing that was like, well, I mean, it's kind of got like a unique kind of story and then no, it does not. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm really, I'm enjoying a lot of the characters. I think what I would like to do. Oh, so first off, I watched the first episode of the show last night. How was it? I have opinions. Okay. I think I don't. Uh, so they took liberties. Um, they took some liberties. I don't know that the liberties that they took are inappropriate, but some of them I think are. One of them is I think they're trying to be Game of Thrones. I think that's very clear. They're trying to be the next Game of Thrones. Um, so they, they really sexed it up. Like it's there's some sexy stuff going on. Gotcha. Um, which is weird given the yeah. like, eye of the world. Yeah. Robert Jordan it, was like a Mormon or something. So like he there's like <laughs> Yeah. There's no like sex going on in wheel of time so far anyway we only book one of 14 who knows but um, <laughs> so far i mean it's like and also the kids are like 15 or something they're like 15 16 like the main characters yeah. um so they actually aged them up to like 20 um so that they could include sex and that would be acceptable that's unfortunate yeah and so like there's just some stuff going on there that's like i'm okay with taking liberties if there is a reason right that it was needed to meet the media and sometimes there are there were some liberties taken like like a like a small thing. Um, there's a character named Matt. He's like one of like kind of this trio of boys. That's like kind of the core trio in the in the story. Um, yeah. And so in order to kind of like quickly build character for him before like the exposition like kicks them off onto their adventure, they like added two sisters for him. Like kind of like baby sisters, and he kind of has this like big brotherly role to show. Him. Like just kind of to build him into a, a character in the show. And I don't really mind that. Like that yeah. that doesn't influence the overall story that is done so that you can do very quick character development in a in a, in a, in a show format that is difficult to, that's easier to do in a book and it's difficult to, you have less time and so they're trying to do it quickly and so one way they chose to do that is give them sisters i don't mind that right but adding sex just to like just because sex sells and like trying to like put that into B game of thrones like i mind that i don't think that that adds to the story i think that adds shock value in a way that's like not helpful and healthy right like in I don't know. I just didn't appreciate it. And so there, there's 
that's it. That's like one of the things I think there's more there that I would like to talk about with the show. I'd like to get a little farther into it too, because this is a pilot and pilots are always a little bit different than how the show ends up. Right. You know, so I have heard, I have heard that from someone who has read the book multiple times that the show and the book, the season one of the show and the book are pretty much completely different. Mm -hmm. That you can pretty much watch the show and then read the book and they're different storylines. So, I'm interested. I, I wonder, I meant to ask him, and I, I probably will follow up, like, is it going to spoil book three? Because at that point, I don't know if I want to watch the show at, mm-hmm. if I haven't read. Like, I, I would rather, I'd rather go one for one. I'd rather be able to read the books and then watch the show. I, I enjoy that progression a little bit more, but I don't want to watch season one of the show it's going to spoil book three six and nine i'm yeah. making up i'm making up things right now so don't right. don't take this as fact but that that would be a little hard for me yeah yeah i would say since you since you are reading the first book just based on watching the first episode alone i would say since you're reading the first book i would recommend you finish the book i think okay. you could i think yeah. you could do either i think you could like watch the the show or you could read the book. I would not recommend doing them alongside each other. I would say do one or the other and then do the other okay. one. Okay. Um, just because there's some things in the first episode that's like, mm, that was done as implication or foreshadowing in the book and you just said what it was. And I, and I don't know if I like that, you know? Yeah. I like the suspense in the book versus you just saying that, you know? So. Gotcha. The other thing that I have heard from a, on, on a good side is that the show does a really good job of making it watchable for people who have not read the books, but yeah. adding things in and Easter eggs in to make it really good for those who have read the books. Okay. And so I, I don't know if you have seen that so far, just in the first episode. That is cool. I That is the way that I would like a show to be portrayed. Make it watchable. You don't have to have the supplementary materials to mm-hmm. make sense of the show. Right. But it works so much better if you do that. I mean, that's the sweet spot right there. And if they can continue to do that, then let's go. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, I was watching it also. So there was two of us who had read the book and well, me, I haven't quite finished it, but two of us who have read the book and um, two who had not. Um, so we had, that's the other thing that we're watching this together. It was like, it was like a couple's date and we were going to watch the first episode and we're probably, we're going to continue that. We'll watch all of the series together. And so I'll get a little bit of this perspective of like my own perspective um, of someone who has read and, and these two perspectives who have not. Um, so I'm hoping that in watching that, we'll be able to kind of like figure that out a little bit, you know? And so far it seems like it, it does a good job of bringing in a new audience and making it approachable. Good. Okay, um, good. And, and I think that the first episode as a pilot to like where they got in the story makes sense, but we'll just, you know, we'll kind of have to see again, these liberties that they take. Um, there's a balance there. Anytime you, you take a book into media, there has to be changes, but you have to make the right level and it has to be intentional and in the right way. And, and so we'll, we'll just, we'll see right now. I think they're writing a balance. I don't think they're totally tipped onto the bad side. Okay. Of it. I, I just think that like, I didn't personally agree with a couple of the choices, but some of the other choices I did personally agree with. So they obviously have the funding, they have the backing, they, you know, they have a lot <laughs> right. of things going for them that could be really successful. Cool. I'm just, I'm still like, I'm still like the, the first episode wasn't like, yes, this is going to be awesome. It was like, mm, Jerry's still out for me. Yep. Okay. So, okay. We'll see. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, the, the thing that it does have going for it is that the series is finished. So they, they may just be telling the story slightly differently. So because they don't want 14 series mm-hmm. or 14, 14 seasons, that's the word, yeah. 14 seasons of this show. And so yeah. they may be able to write it into a six, seven season. Mm-hmm. 
um i feel like that would make sense like if they tackle two books at a time per season i think that would make sense so Um, i just may want to stop watching if like they like (laughs) reach the end of the first book you know i might be like eh, like eh, time out i'm gonna go like read the second one yeah yeah it'll take me a week and then we'll you know like we'll write the rest of it we'll be back in because i mean they're they're decently long books like i think the audiobook is like 29 hours for the first one sounds right yeah so i mean it's not going to take you forever to read them but i mean they're not they're not open night read right i mean there there's a lot of content there so but generally if i'm like really hooked on a book i can usually get through i can get through like something around 20 to 24 hours of audiobook in like a week if i'm like really interested in it yeah you know um because that's like that's in the realm of like three or four hours per day and like generally between like driving working out eating lunch at work like just you know different stuff i can even like some of the work that i do personally like i can listen to audiobooks while doing Okay. Yeah. So like I can personally, I can kind of get through that. Nice. I don't know. I'm excited. I think, um, I would like to, my ideal would be, and we've talked about this a little bit. My ideal would be to be able to kind of take this as a case study of implementing books into media. Um, because it's a a very recent study. Um, and we've always wanted to do an episode on that. It's a topic we've talked about a lot. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, maybe rather than doing like a strict analysis just on Eye of the World, we've talked about it could be fun to kind of do this as a as a sort of a case study episode of how how this specific one was implemented. Um, And the good thing is you could have either read the book or watched the show in order to like listen to that episode. Um, So we're kind of targeting that as an as a concept. It'll we'll see how long it takes us both to get through (laughs) both the book and the series in order to actually record that. Um, so I'm yeah. not giving promises about when it's going to come, but I think in the future you can kind of look forward to that as an episode. It, I think it'll be fun. Yeah, I'm excited for that because we are getting to the point where there's a lot of content to draw from to fuel mm-hmm. that episode, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like people are getting better, like mm-hmm. as we go along, uh, with the exception of probably Lord of the Rings, right? That that was a fairly uh, old media implementation that I thought was probably top tier. Yeah, for sure. But I, I think that. As we go along, people are getting better and better at transitioning into a TV or a movie. So I, I am excited for that episode. I think it'll be a really good one. Yeah, definitely. Want to do an icebreaker? Yeah, I think we got time. We can squeeze in an icebreaker. <laughs> Alrighty. So our our next topic is going to be a comparison between the. Um, ugh, I was about to say the Euro trash. That the Euro that was, trash. That's, the, the Euro trash. Um, great. Now we've alienated all of our european listeners too yeah, damn it right. it's Come called Catan. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh it's gonna be a comparison between our euro games and ameritrash games yep. so um i think ameritrash is probably comes off as derogatory so i like to you call it them amerithrash because i feel like that <laughs> describes them slightly better yeah. but the, the comparison between euro and ameritrash games and so yeah. our icebreaker today comes from to us from uh, Kim, and her icebreaker is: What is the most ridiculous board game thing theme to explain to somebody? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really excited to hear our listeners' ep- our answers to this as well. Yeah, because there are some crazy ones out there. Yeah, yeah, especially because like we don't, and this is almost a preemptive thought to the episode: is we both generally don't lean into theme as right, like yeah. a reason why we buy a game, and so. Just make sure the cues are different colors, then it'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so because of that, like, we don't have a ton of games that are, like, super, super ridiculous in theme. But we're also willing to play games if they are really ridiculous in theme. Right, yeah. Without, right. I mean, <laughs> I mean 
the way that I think about it, and I feel like we're just going to hop, let's just do the episode now. Okay, um, sure, let's do the episode. <laughs> no. So the way that I think about it is that theme never subtracts, it can only add to the to the experience of the game. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, that that's all the preamble I will give. Let's start naming some ridiculous themes. I think that the easiest kind of most common one is the trading spices in the Mediterranean, like Concordia, and like all of these games that are just like, oh, shoot. We need to publish tomorrow. I forgot about a theme. Let's uh, let's trade spices. That that seems fun. Yeah, right. That and so, fun. it's just one of these like it's a logistics puzzle, and that's what a lot of these Euro games are just logistic problems. And so that's kind of the old school logistics problem theme to slap onto a game. And so, <laughs> yeah, I mean like it's never super interesting, but I mean that's a fairly common one. I don't know if it's the most like outlandish one, yeah. but it's it's one that I felt like deserved an honorable mention at least. Yeah, I think right now. It's probably pandemic, like because it seems really insensitive. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I, okay, we're going to play this game, but I need to explain to you the timeline of publication. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> you want to play the expansion where someone plays the pandemic? Oh no, we, we won't do that. We'll set this. <laughs> uh oh yeah. I've always liked whenever I I've kind of thought about this because some it's kind of been something that's been brought up when we're describing themes but like the photosynthesis or the bosque where it's like you're a tree planter and you build trees and you're like that's what like you take a step back it's like it's beautiful and it works really well from like a table presence but if you're trying to describe that game it's like okay we're gonna go plant trees and everyone's like well no i'm not gonna play with you and why are you in my house yeah um <laughs> i think so, wingspan can fall into that too wingspan's like, a good one what yeah. is the actual theme of wingspan like there are birds bird watching it's bird watching yeah like okay yeah <laughs> and so yeah and i think wingspan is a fun choice because it's like to a non-gamer Mm-hmm. people are like what the hell are you talking about but to gamers like oh that's a cool theme like right. bird watching <laughs> oh, i haven't played a bird game before you know? yeah right oh very cool please tell me there are bird facts like there are bird facts and they're like yeah oh my goodness <laughs> my goodness okay i'll take two um yeah <laughs> i think you had talked about pipeline the other day i think that was oh, kind of ridiculous that's iffy yeah yeah it's um, just like do i really want it? it's like hey the more you burn down the ecosystem the more points you get and you're like all oh, right yeah i'm 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 into that, I'm into that. um yeah um, mage and, night we've joked about mage night before mage night you're the baddies yeah you're the baddie right so you're like in mage night you're like this super villain who's like invading like a uh, unsuspecting countryside and so you like burn down <laughs> monasteries, you raise cities, you know, like it's all this great stuff. Um, and that's a good one. It's also cooperative. So, you know, you're doing it together. Yeah. So there's a real spirit of collaboration in burning <laughs> down this unsuspecting countryside. Exactly. Yeah. Great Western Trail could be could be a candidate where yeah. you're moving cattle across the U.S. It's like fun. Mm. Cool. Mm. When you said cattle, it reminded me of um, Camel Up. <laughs> yes. which has just a ridiculous theme because you're like no 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 it's betting on camel races and everyone's like, <laughs> you're like are you fucking serious like <laughs> <laughs> what well, uh yeah. are you are you sure like we yeah. want to play this or <laughs> quacks quacks is pretty great yep that's a good one a good uh one. have you played scoville no i've not played scoville so scoville you're a pepper farmer and you're trying to make hot peppers um Ooh. so so that one's kind of fun uh there's hmm. the um is it Bonanza? What's the name of it? Is it Bonanza? Bonanza the yeah. bean farming, the bean yep. farming game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that that's a great one. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, oh, geez. I think Bonanza may win this. That that one's absurd. Like, yeah. You know, you got a Agricola where you're a farmer, but in Bonanza you're a bean farmer, and that's 
way too oddly specific to probably not win this award. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Any of the train games are, are weird to outsiders. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't look fun when you, it, it's, you know, <laughs> right. we talked about this a lot. It doesn't look fun when you talk to people about it, unless they have like specific mechanisms that they are excited about. And then we can, you know, inform them as to why the game's going to be fun. <laughs> right. Magic Maze may be a good one, just from like a ridiculousness. Like yeah, it kind of is, yeah. <laughs> you, you've lost, you're, you're like these fantastic creatures that have lost their weapons and you're breaking into a shopping mall to get them back. And you're like, okay, were people high when they did <laughs> So like, what, 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 what happened? Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not for sure. I'm sure there will be great ones. So I, I'm really excited to see what people have to say about this topic. Yeah. But yeah. we'll, uh, we could kind of we'll go on and it. on here, you know, like they're, I don't know, especially within like Euro games, right. Where they just don't really claim a theme <laughs> always, you know, they just yeah. flap something on it. Um, but are you going to beat Bonanza? And that's the question. Are you going to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. But yeah, we'll, we'll throw the question up on the Instagram. I got it. I just sounded like an old person on the Instagram. On the Instagram. Uh, <laughs> you can find us on the YouTube. Yes. You, Go to the Google and type in <laughs> the Fantasy and Some Flights podcast. Uh, <laughs> now I feel like Ohio State. Um, <laughs> Midwestern joke. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, we're funny. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll throw this up and we'll we'll gather some answers because I feel like there are some ridiculous ones that could be read out on our uh, Euro versus Marathrash episode. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. So. You're right about the inherent elitism of calling it Ameritrash. Right? Yeah. It's like, that, wait, like comes what? from the board game community where they're like, American games aren't good enough. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We don't want a theme. Sip don't tell me a story. Tea, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee. <laughs> yeah. I'm not here for story. I'm here for, for trading mechanisms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah dumb americans need a story to be read to them always making um, games where you can attack people <laughs> oh man yeah we're just so very violent over here aren't we yes like, <laughs> back to political uh okay well anyways before <laughs> before we ruin this um this outstanding episode we've recorded for you yeah exactly so you know what i don't want to do it so dalton tell everyone where to find us oh well you can find us on the instagram <laughs> <laughs> fantasy and some flights you can find us on the twitter at and some flights um you can find us on the website that one's actually appropriate because there is only one website for us okay that's fair yeah and that is fantasy and some flights.com um, not the fantasy and some flights.com that's right common mistake that's right common mistake we should buy that uh that domain and just redirect it you know yes absolutely otherwise someone's gonna steal it yep. <laughs> people are gonna be... someone listening to this is gonna go buy it because i'm not i'm not gonna do it right and they're gonna redirect to websites about how you know global warming's <laughs> a hoax and all other bad things <laughs> oh no <laughs> that's the main place to find us if you want to find nelson you can find him at the following address <laughs> or specifically p.o box P.O. Yeah. Box, right, exactly. Or PAX. You know, you can find it yeah. at PAX. I will be at the Holiday Inn in Philadelphia, the one that's not a COVID hotel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you show up, people are sick, it's the other one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait. Did I tell you this story? You told me. Yeah, I don't know if you okay. the podcast. Well, it'll me. be... Let's Real quick, let's do the, the fun COVID hotel story. Yeah. So I, I booked a hotel for 
pack. So I, I, I like when I travel, I stay at Holiday Inns a lot. So I have like way too many points for Holiday Inns. So right. I, I, I use the those point points. is not to use them. The point is to have them. Yeah, and I have a lot of numbers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I booked these uh, hotel rooms like way in advance, and I got a call probably two months ago saying like, "Hey, like we've been a COVID hotel." And the government just asked us to extend through December. And so we're going to have to reschedule you and rebook you. And I was like, well, thank you for telling me. Yeah, please rebook me. And if I had known that, I probably would not have, you know, <laughs> picked you as a hotel in the first place. Yeah. So <laughs> Turns out it's not something they advertise. <laughs> yeah. So I'm now in the more expensive uh, Riverside. I, I maybe get... Okay, I was about to say I may be giving too much information, but there are probably like 500 rooms in this hotel. So that's right. by the time this airs, you'll like already me. be there. So people have like two yeah. or three days to find you. <laughs> yeah, and if they find me, good on them. Like I, th- that's right. awesome. If so, if someone's passionate enough to stalk me and find me, then they probably deserve it. At right, that point. we made so. it. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> thank oh, you. Oh jeez, <laughs> thank you. I, I, I mean, honestly, it's it's flattering. <laughs> um, <laughs> Awesome. Come hang out. We love talking with you guys. Points of view are sarcastic, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because we aren't. So it's nice to have that in our life. Yeah, I'm trying to learn. <laughs> All right. Before we, you know, offend the rest of the states, we'll go ahead and let you guys go. Thanks for talking yeah. today, buddy. It's a yeah. pleasure as always. See you, man. Cheers. Cheers.